0: Hamas launches hundreds of rockets on Israeli civilians, leading Democrats to rush to defend Hamas. And also, Bernie Sanders can't describe socialism. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. All right, a lot to get to today. Obviously, big events happening in the Middle East. A lot of talk about Iran's intervention in the Middle East process, which has been facilitated by, you know, us flying pallets of cash over to the Iranian regime. Don't worry, we'll get to all of it first. No one really has time to go to the post office. You're busy. Who's got time for all that traffic, parking, lugging all your mail and packages? It is a real hassle, which is why you need Stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. post office direct to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, Any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It is that simple. With Stamps.com, you get 5 cents off every first-class stamp, up to 40% off-priority mail. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com, it's a no-brainer. It saves you time. It saves you money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com, including we here at The Daily Wire. We use Stamps.com. Right now, my listeners get a special offer. that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and the digital scale, no long-term commitment, just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in Shapiro. That is Stamps.com, and then enter Shapiro for that special deal. Stamps.com, enter Shapiro. We love Stamps.com. You will, too. I promise. I use it in my house as well, by the way. Stamps.com, enter Shapiro. All righty. So over the weekend, we got a fulsome display of what anti-Semitism looks like. So it's been really interesting to watch as various political players manipulate the issue of anti-Semitism so as to defend certain parties and not to defend certain parties. Here's the deal. As I've been saying for years at this point, there are three types of anti-Semitism. There's right-wing white supremacist anti-Semitism. Those are the white super, those are the people most likely to try and murder you. I know because someone was arrested last week for apparently threatening to murder me. This was a white supremacist. Okay, number two, there, there are people on the left, the far left, anti-Semites, who suggest that Israel and the Jews are behind all world events, and that's why they're so successful. They stand at the top of the hierarchy of power. This tends to merge very well with certain intersectional notions of politics. And that is why you see the far left making common cause with the third type of anti-Semites. This would be radical Islamist anti-Semitism. Unfortunately, a very popular view among Muslims in major countries across the world. Okay, polls show this. This is not a rip on Islam as a religion. This is a rip on how many, many Muslims are practicing Islam as a religion. But the fact is that there is a radical Islamist anti-Semitism that is dominant in the Gaza Strip. It is dominant in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. It is dominant in Saudi Arabia and Egypt and Pakistan and Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran, all these in Turkey, all of these places, all of these places. Anti-Semitism is not just something that is is looked upon with some sort of some sort of apathy. It's looked upon as something that is sort of a requisite for point of entry. Okay, that is just a reality by poll numbers. Okay, so here is the issue. What do we here in the West do about anti Semitism? So, if you are on the left, you've had a tendency to overlook leftist anti Semitism, to pretend that it doesn't exist. I've seen it from some people on the right who try to minimize the threat of white supremacist anti Semitism. They look at the white supremacists, they say this is a small number of people, so why am I worried about it? And the answer is you're worried about it because anti Semitism of any sort is truly evil. And these anti Semites are likely to shoot up mosques, they're likely to shoot up shoals, because very often they're not just anti-Semites, they're also people who hate Muslims as Muslims and want to shoot up mosques, which is why you've seen white supremacists doing just that over the past month. Left-wing anti-Semites will overlook the entirety of left-wing anti-Semitism. They will pretend instead that it is anti-Zionism. And this is what you see with Israel. So over the weekend, over the last four days, what you've seen is Hamas, an actual terrorist group, an evil, evil terrorist group, firing hundreds of rockets into civilian areas in Israel. Hamas is an evil, evil organization. The Hamas Charter explicitly calls for the destruction of the state of Israel. Okay? And they call for the death of Jews outside of Israel as well. The Hamas Covenant is not a document of peace. It is obviously a document of war and anti-Semitism and evil. Hamas is a State Department-labeled terrorist group because Hamas is an evil, evil group. The Daily Caller has a piece from a couple of years ago by Jamie Weinstein over there talking about things you need to know about Hamas. They quote Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood founder Hassan Albana in their charter saying, quote, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. Hamas's charter doesn't just stop at Israel. Hamas's charter says, quote, The Prophet, Allah bless him and grant him salvation, has said, The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews, killing the Jews, when the Jew will hide behind stones and trees. The stones and trees will say, Oh Muslims, O Abdullah, there's a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. That is a quote from the Hadiths. The international community might like the peace process, but their charter says initiatives and so-called peaceful solutions and international conferences are in contradiction to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. This organization also participates in conspiracy theories about Jews. They say there is no war going on anywhere without Jews having their finger in it. They say the Jews were behind the French Revolution, the Communist Revolution, and most of the revolutions we hear, uh, heard and hear about here and there. With their money, they formed secret societies. All this is in the Hamas charter, and it's Hamas that is firing hundreds of rockets into Israel. With their money, they formed secret societies, such as the Freemasons, Rotary Clubs, the Lions, and others in different parts of the world for the purpose of sabotaging societies and achieving Zionist interests. So radical Islamist anti-Semitism suggests that Jews are the nefarious powers behind everything. And you'll notice also that what they start doing is they start conflating Jews and Zionists. And this is how the left grants cover to radical Islamists, as we will see. The left simply suggests that they're not anti-Jewish. They're just anti-Zionist. So sure, they want to wipe six million Jews off the planet again. Sure, they want to destroy the only collective, the, the, the biggest and most powerful collective body of Jews on planet Earth. But that's just an anti-Zionist thing, guys. That has nothing to do with wanting to slaughter Jews. They also say in the Hamas charter that the Jews control the media. They say that the only solution is jihad, meaning violent jihad, not internal struggle, guys. Hamas is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood. They say that they are in favor of death for the sake of Allah. Hamas, of course, accuses Israel of being Nazi. They say that the Jews make no exception for women or children. And then they say that Zionist Nazi activities against our people will not last for long. So this is what Hamas is. Hamas is an evil terrorist group. So Here is a map of what it looked like as the rockets fell across Israel over the weekend. Every one of these, if you can see this, every one of these red dots, every one of these red pinpoints is a rocket falling. Basically, it's all of southern Israel. It's everything from Sterot to Ashtod to Ashkelon, everything to 'er Beersheba, everything across southern Israel and central Israel is within the ambit of these Hamas rockets. And Hamas is deliberately firing them into civilian areas, and they're very excited about firing them into civilian areas. And for those who don't know what rocket fire looks like, here is some footage of the rockets being fired from Gaza. Hamas is being funded by Iran, so they have new, more sophisticated weaponry. Many of these rockets are unguided, but a few of them are in fact guided. And here is what it looks like when your country, imagine your city here in the United States, is being fired on by hundreds of rockets from just across the border. Here is what that looks like. For those who can't see, you're looking at streams of rockets. Dozens and dozens of rockets flying up into the air directed at civilian areas. And this, is what, this is what Hamas is doing. And they don't care where those land. How do we know we don't care where those land? Because one of these rockets, some of these rockets historically have fallen short and fallen into Palestinian areas. Over the weekend, a Palestinian pregnant mother and, and, a, and a baby were killed by a falling Palestinian rocket. The media immediately, immediately jumped to blame the Jews because they buy every aspect of Palestinian propaganda because if you're covering the Palestinians in, in Gaza Strip, the only way they allow you in is if you use their propaganda. So they give false death, false death statistics. They suggest that people who are killed are civilians rather than members of Hamas or members of Islamic Jihad, another evil terrorist group that works with Hamas in the Gaza Strip and that together with Hamas forms a unity government with the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. Okay, so... These so they they don't care about any of they don't care about their own citizens. If they cared about their own citizens, they wouldn't be spending tens of millions of dollars building terror tunnels in order to fight the Israelis, as opposed to, you know, building up the area that Israel left in 2005. This is part of the background that people also need to know. Okay, this part of Israel. OK, Gaza Strip is not controlled by the Israelis. The Gaza Strip was completely pulled out from by the Israelis in 2005. So any talk you hear of people talking about the so-called occupation of the Gaza Strip, There are no Jews in the Gaza Strip. In 2005, Ariel Sharon, then the Prime Minister of Israel, decided he didn't want to use Israeli forces to maintain a small Jewish community in what was called Gush Katif. And so they forcibly evacuated those Jews, meaning Jews took other Jews out of the Gaza Strip. They handed over all their resources to the Palestinian Authority. The Palestinian Authority then proceeded to burn down all of those areas. Burn them down. Okay, they handed over a bunch of greenhouses that grew vegetables. Seems pretty pretty innocent, right? They handed all of that over to the Palestinian Authority and the authorities then burned those to the ground. There hasn't been a Jew living in the Gaza Strip for 14 years. And yet this is still considered quote-unquote occupation. By the way, in the aftermath of Israel pulling out of the Gaza Strip, supposedly in order to jumpstart a peace process to create a separation that would make Israel safer, the Palestinians immediately elected, not the Palestinian Authority that Israel had handed over the Gaza Strip to, they immediately elected Hamas, an open terrorist group. The Palestinian Authority is a terrorist group, too. They've just hidden it better for a while. And they're originally headed by Yasser Arafat. The Fatah Charter still calls for the extermination of the state of Israel. They have never never actually publicly agreed that Israel has a right to exist. They've called for a two-state solution. But every time Israel has offered one, they've rejected it. Israel pulled out of this territory. And then this territory has been used as a staging point to fire rockets at civilians in Israel. Not targeting military. Targeting civilians. Okay. So... All these rockets are being fired at Israel, and Israel has something called the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome system is a system that's been stationed in many of Israel's major cities, and it allows them to shoot down these short-range rockets. Here is what that looks like when it's happening. Here's some footage from the ground. So you can see these puffs of black smoke in the air. Okay, the puffs of black smoke in the air, that would be the Iron Dome knocking down the rockets. Now, it'd be important to mention here that one particular presidential candidate in the Democratic Party voted against even funding Israel's Iron Dome. That'd be Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke was one of eight Congress people who voted against giving Israel the ability to shoot down rockets fired at its civilian areas, which shows you where Beto O'Rourke and many members of the Democratic Party are. Now, in a second, I'm going to show you the impact of all of this because there are four people who are dead in Israel three Jews and a Bedouin. And this, I mean, no country, no country. Would allow this sort of thing? None, and no one would be expected to allow this sort of thing. Imagine if Mexico were firing 700 rockets into San Diego, there would be no more Mexico. There would not be. Okay, the United States would immediately invade and topple the regime in Mexico. That's how this would go. How do we know? Because after Al Qaeda knocked down two of our buildings in New York, we took down two countries. We went and we knocked out Afghanistan. We took down the Taliban we invaded them and we stayed there for near on 20 years. And then in order to prevent another 9-11, this was the actual mission, we went into Iraq as well. So the United States doesn't tolerate this kind of crap, which is why we live a safe and secure life here. Israel is expected to tolerate this sort of evil, specifically because the world doesn't care if Jews get killed, so long as those Jews are being killed by certain people. And this is where the anti-Semitism question comes in. If you're only taking seriously one type of anti-Semitism. I don't want to hear crocodile tears about other types of anti-Semitism. If you only care when a Jew gets killed at the Pittsburgh Tree of Life by a white supremacist, but you don't don't care when a Jew gets punched in Williamsburg by a minority, or you don't don't care if a Jew is killed by a falling rocket in a civilian area in Israel, spare me your your crocodile tears about anti-Semitism. We'll get to that in just a second. First, let's talk about how you make your neighborhood safer. Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. You might already know about their smart video doorbells and cameras that protect millions of people everywhere. Ring helps you stay connected to your home anywhere in the world. So if there's a package delivery or a surprise visitor, you'll get an alert you'll be able to see, hear, and speak to them all from your phone. That's thanks to HD video and two-way audio features on Ring devices. I love Ring.com. I've had Ring devices at my house for years at this point. And since I obviously am very much invested in personal security and the security of my home, I can't can't recommend Ring highly enough. In fact, over the weekend, there was another person who was worried about security. I recommended Ring to them. As a listener, you have a special offer on a Ring starter kit available right now. With a video doorbell and motion-activated floodlight cam, the starter kit has everything you need to start building a Ring of security around your home. Just go to Ring.com slash Ben. That is Ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out. Right now, make your home safer. It makes your neighborhood safer. When your home is safer, your neighborhood is safer. So go check out Ring.com right now. It's great. When I'm away from home, I don't have to worry about the safety of my house because I always know what's happening thanks to Ring. Go check them out right now at Ring.com slash Ben. Okay, so there is this tendency in the West to act as though this is every day in Israel. In Israel, thanks to these rocket attacks, there were a million people in Israel who were living underground. A million. One million people living underground thanks to these rocket attacks. Everyone had to evacuate their homes. And people have died in this. Here's a picture of the Bedouin who was killed in Israel. Well, there many people were killed in Israel. One of them was a Bedouin. This fellow's name happened to be Zaid al-Hamada. He's a 50-year-old Bedouin because Israel is in fact a diverse country. There are no Jews living in the Palestinian Authority, nor will there be. There are a million and a half non-Jews living in the state of Israel, maybe two million at this point. Another person killed Pinchas Pizushman a 21-year-old father of two, who was killed. Moshe Agadi, who's a 58-year-old, was killed when his van was hit by a Hamas rocket. And by the way, if Israel did not have quick response systems, then it would have been a lot worse. Here, for example, is a picture of a kindergarten that was hit. A rocket fell right into the middle of a kindergarten. is a special needs kindergarten. So Israel specifically targets terrorists, and Hamas specifically targets special needs kindergartens. But don't worry, morally equivalent, according to many in the West. Here's a house in 'er Beersheba that was destroyed. You can see a picture, it's a video of the the full destruction of the house. I mean, the house was just blown up, right? The rocket fell right on top of it. Thank God the people inside that house were living underground when that happened. And then, of course, there was a burning ambulance because one of these struck an ambulance because terrorists don't care. Terrorists don't care. In a second, I'm going to show you what it's like to move, why all anti-Semitism is basically of a piece and why it should be treated as a piece. So, as I say, the same anti-Semites who want to kill Jews in Europe don't care about Jews getting killed in Israel. The same anti-Semites who pretend to care about white supremacist killings at the Tree of Life Synagogue will defend Jews being murdered in their beds in Israel. So long as the cause is just, according to some anti-Semites, Jewish blood is cheap. And so this leads to Horrific and sad situations like this is this is a video of a Dutch woman. Uh, her this this Dutch family moved from Rotterdam to Nahal Oz. They moved away from the Netherlands because of the rise of anti-Semitism in the Netherlands, rise in hate crimes. Many of those hate crimes committed by radical Muslims. They moved instead to Nahal Oz, which is in the south of Israel. Yesterday, their house was destroyed by a Palestinian terror rocket. Watch this video and watch all the way to the end. Imagine that this is your life because of a rocket, and uh, well, that's basically it. And now we're staying with friends because uh, we can't go in our own house. And after what so. happened today, you have second thought? No, I'm not leaving. This is my house. So uh, now we're not leaving. So. That sound is the air raid alarm. That's what you're hearing right As the alarm goes off and then she charges into her house and she has to go secure her family and bring them underground. No country, no country should stand for this. Certainly not from an evil terrorist group like Hamas. No country should stand for this. So Israel has responded basically with targeted hits. So Israel responds by killing terrorists. Terrorists try to kill as many Israelis as possible. They don't care whether it's Arab. They don't care whether it's Jew. They don't care whether it's Muslim. They don't care about any of that. The only thing they care about is killing as many Israelis as possible because they're a terrorist group, and Israel tries to strike as many specific targets as it can. In fact, what you will see is that the left is lying about this, of course. When I say the left, I mean people like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, which we'll get to in a second. They're lying about all of this. They're saying that what touched this off was indiscriminate Israeli treatment of Palestinians. That is a lie. What touched all of this off is that Hamas terrorists were working with, quote-unquote, protest groups on the Israeli border to shoot Israeli soldiers. Israel retaliated by killing some Hamas terrorists, and within days, they were firing hundreds of rockets into the center of Israel. But here's an example of what Israel did. So Israel knocked out a Hamas financier, a, a, a Gazan terrorist. The IDF released a photo of his burned out car. He said, we just targeted Hamad Abdel Kudari, a Gazan terrorist responsible for transferring Iranian funds to Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza, helping fund their rocket-fired Israelis. Transferring Iranian money to Hamas and the PIJ doesn't make you a businessman. It makes you a terrorist. And so they specifically targeted this particular guy in his car and they hit him. Now, that's an amazing thing. And the reason that Israel has not been harsher in dealing with Hamas is specifically because Hamas knows, they know for a fact, that if they put all of their weaponry in civilian areas, that Israel is less likely to hit them. Because Israel has a rule called meaning Haneshek, meaning purity of arms, that says that you are specifically, Israel is more humane than any country's military on planet Earth, With The possible exception of the American military, and maybe even not that, just because the American military doesn't have to deal with this on America's borders. Israel goes out of its way only to kill terrorists. And conversely, terrorists specifically use civilian areas as a shield. So, for example, here is a picture of where Hamas has placed one of their rocket launchers. If you can see this picture, what you will see is that the rocket launcher is placed at the top of a mosque in a minaret. And Israel has been hesitant to hit it. Why? Because it's at the top of a mosque. Islamic Jihad uses mosques as command and control centers. The IDF said Palestinian, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a terrorist group in Gaza, was using a mosque in Al-Shati, a densely populated area, as a command and control center. Terrorists in Gaza use places of worship for military purposes. We targeted the command and control center last night. The Hamas headquarters during the last Gaza war was beneath a hospital because they know that Israel will not hit the hospital because they don't want to kill innocent people. There is no moral equivalence here, none. Anyone who tries to draw a moral equivalence between the Israelis who are desperately attempting not to kill Palestinian civilians and the Palestinian Authority and Hamas and Islamic Jihad and the people who side with them and voted for them who are eager to fire rockets into the center of civilian areas and who won't even protect Palestinian civilians who deliberately put Palestinian civilians in harm's way, who hide behind their own civilians because they don't want to be killed because they're cowards. Anybody who draws that moral equivalence between the Israelis who have not only handed over without any preconditions, the Gaza Strip to the control of the Palestinians, but also have made repeated concessions in terms of territory to the Palestinians over and over and over, who Ehud Almer in 2008 offered fully 96% of all land in Judea and Samaria in the West Bank, most of which is historic Israel, offered 96%, and the other 4% would be land swaps. So the Palestinians would receive 100% of land, as well as connections between Judea and Samaria and the Gaza Strip, as well as East Jerusalem as the capital of a new Palestinian state, and Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the Palestinian Authority, walked away from the table without a counteroffer, and that was only the second to offer in the last several years. Israel has repeatedly made concessions from Oslo to the Y River Accords to 2000, when Ehud Barak offered to walk. Ehud Barak offered everything, and even the Clinton administration didn't understand why Yasser Arafat walked away. That is demonstrative. Uh, Anybody who tries to draw moral equivalence between a group that open. I mean, they're not hiding the ball here, Hamas. They openly state they want to kill as many Jews as possible, that the Quran calls for them to do so, and that they want Israel destroyed root and branch. Anybody who suggests that their genocidal, anti-Jewish, Nazi-esque treatment of Jews is equivalent with Israel's specific targeted attempts to kill specific terrorists in defense of their own citizenry is morally insane. Morally insane. And yet what you have seen is this moral insanity that has conquered the left. A moral insanity. Not one Democratic presidential candidate has spoken about what's happening in Gaza. Not one. Zero. Zero. Not one. I mean, that's, isn't that an unbelievable statement? So you have an American Democratic ally under attack with hundreds of rockets, hundreds of rockets aimed at civilian areas within days, and not one Democratic presidential candidate has spoken out about it not a single one. So here's my question. Pro-Israel people, people who just don't like anti-Semitism. I'm not saying you got to vote Republican. What I'm saying is I don't know how you can vote for this party. I do not know how you can vote for this party. I'm not saying you got to vote for Donald Trump. Maybe you hate Trump. Fine. But this isn't about that. Do you have the moral courage to recognize what the Democratic Party is becoming? What they become? Not one comment from a single Democratic candidate as a democratic ally, as Israel is put under attack by hundreds of rockets from an openly stated anti-Semitic terror group? And then I'm supposed to believe you guys when you are shedding crocodile tears over Chabad of Poway or over the Tree of Life synagogue? I'm supposed to believe the New York Times when the New York Times sheds those crocodile tears at the same time that it refuses to take sides against Hamas? Yeah, you, you can all go do something unprintable to yourselves. In a second, I'm gonna show you how the left has done this. But first, for a few weeks now, I've been reminding you, Mother's Day is fast approaching. It's just days away now, so I don't know what you've been doing. But here's the good news. 1-800-Flowers is here to help you pick out a gorgeous bouquet that will show her that she's loved. Right now, when you order a dozen multicolored roses for just $29.99, 1-800-Flowers will give you another dozen, plus a vase, absolutely free. That is 40% off the original price. Listen, I love 1-800-Flowers. Every time I go out of town, I order my wife a bouquet from 1-800-Flowers. When she passed her boards two weeks ago, I bought her a bouquet from 1-800-Flowers. That's because all of the roses are just gorgeous. I mean, everything that they do is is beautiful, and it lasts. The vases are really nice. This gorgeous bouquet of two dozen roses for Mother's Day in a rainbow of colors, it's a perfect surprise she's guaranteed to love. Roses are the perfect way to surprise all the moms in your life, wife, sister, grandma, these breathtaking roses from 1-800-Flowers. They're picked at their peak. They're shipped overnight to ensure freshness. A dozen multicolored roses for only $29.99 plus, another dozen, and a vase for free. It's an amazing offer. You have to hurry. It does expire on Friday. Trust 1-800-Flowers to make your mom feel loved. Order today from 1-800-Flowers.com to order a dozen extra multicolored roses plus an extra bouquet in a vase for just $29.99. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Shapiro. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash Shapiro. That awesome offer ends on Friday. Okay, so as I say, I've been sort of darkly hinting that the left has supported Hamas through this. As I say, not a single Democratic presidential candidate has even commented on this. Can you imagine if England were under attack The UK were under attack by a terrorist group by Al Qaeda firing 700 rockets into the heart of London. Do you think that any of those Democratic presidential candidates would be silent? There's something different about the Jews. There's something different about this conflict and the attempt to portray An attack on Jewish civilians by a terrorist group that calls for the wiping out of Jews all over the planet as anything but anti-Semitism demonstrates how leftist anti-Semitism makes common cause with radical Islamist anti-Semitism. And again, I don't want to hear your crocodile tears about Jews getting shot in synagogues by white supremacists when you don't give a damn if Jews get shot in synagogues by Muslim terrorists. Don't care. Don't want to hear from you. You have no moral legitimacy. None. If you cannot condemn what is going on right now, if you can't condemn Hamas, or Islamic Jihad, then you got nothing. It's it's amazing. It's amazing to me that people on the left or even in the Muslim community would have any trouble condemning this stuff at all. It's incredible to me. I remember a few years back, I was on Fox News, and they had on somebody, I believe from CARE, from the Council on American Islamic Relations, which is an unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation trial. The Holy Land Foundation was basically a front group for Hamas, raising money for Hamas and, and Hezbollah among other terrorist groups, allegedly. And the spokesperson for CARE was sitting there. I said, why can't you condemn Hamas? Why don't you just condemn Hamas? And the guy said, will you condemn the KKK? I said, of course I'll condemn the KKK. They're garbage and they're evil. Why wouldn't I condemn the KKK? This is not difficult. Like, I'm happy to condemn anybody who's evil. But there is a whole group of people who won't. And those people include people like Linda Sarsour, who you will recall introduced Senator Kirsten Gillibrand at a rally. Is a well-respected member of the hardcore left ahead of the Women's March a friend to Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, those morally despicable freshman leaders in the House. Linda Sarsour wrote, I am trained in Kingian Kingian nonviolence, which is hilarious since she has campaigned with Rasmia Oda, a convicted terrorist. She says, I choose nonviolence as a powerful means to change, but I don't have to choose or justify violence to understand where it comes from when oppressed people see no way out. We have to be critical thinkers, advocate and present solutions. Hey, that would be her making excuses for Hamas terrorists because Linda Sarsour doesn't care about terrorism so long as it is directed at Jews. She does not care about it. She is an anti-Semite. Rashida Tlaib, another anti-Semite. So Rashida Tlaib tweets out, when will the world stop dehumanizing our Palestinian people who just want to be free? I was unaware that wanting to be free allows you to fire rockets at civilians on the other side of a border. Didn't realize that. Also, if you want to be free, maybe you should get rid of the Hamas regime that is oppressing its own people and spending tens of millions of dollars on weaponry to fight Israelis across the border when they have complete domestic control inside the Gaza Strip. When, and uh, I will make one other note here. Rashida Tlaib is somebody who has suggested that Jews have dual loyalty when it comes to Israel. What is this our Palestinian people business? Now, I don't have a problem with her using that phrase. She's Palestinian. I don't have a problem with that. But if you're going to accuse other people of dual loyalty... Lady, you might want to take a look in the mirror if that's the kind of phraseology that you're happy using. She has headlines like this and framing it in this way just feeds into the continued lack of responsibility on Israel, who unjustly oppress and target Palestinian children and families. Israel unjustly targets Palestinian children and families. This is happening in the middle of a Hamas firestorm directed at kindergartens, directed at ambulances, directed at families and homes. And she is saying, oh yeah, this is Israel's fault. She is a terrorist apologist, Rashida Tlaib. And she's a damned anti-Semite as well. It is incredible that she's able to get away with this and not only get away with this, that the Democratic Party will continue to ignore it. These are the same idiots and moral reprobates who wouldn't even pass an anti-Semitism resolution naming Ilhan Omar. They had to broaden it out to include all forms of hate. Why? Because they understand that if they condemn condemn anti-Semitism, they are condemning the members of their own party. it's not just Rashida Tlaib. It's Ilhan Omar, who herself... When I say she's a terrorist apologist, I mean she actively wrote a letter to a judge in 2016 asking that ISIS recruits be given a lighter sentence because they were marginalized communities in the United States. I'm talking about a lady who in 2013, in an interview, laughed at the idea that Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah were scary and bad. So here's what she tweeted out in the middle of all of this. How many more protesters must be shot, rockets must be fired, and little kids must be killed until this endless cycle of violence ends? Hey, the people who were shot by the Israelis were not protesters. They are there embedded among protesters and firing at Israeli soldiers. Two Israeli soldiers were severely wounded and Israel fired back on people who were shooting at them. How many more rockets must be fired? The only people firing rockets right now are the Hamas jihadists who are trying to murder Jews in their beds. How many little kids must be killed? I don't know, why don't you ask the Fogel family? A family living in Israel who were slaughtered in their beds by terrorists and those terrorists were then were then Their families were rewarded by the Palestinian Authority and streets were named after the terrorists who murdered, I kid you not, toddlers in their beds. The Fogel family, look it up. Ilhan Amar tweets, the status quo of occupation and humanitarian crisis in Gaza is unsustainable. Only real justice can bring about security and lasting peace. I assume by real justice, she means firing rockets to civilians. The status quo of occupation, there is no occupation in the Gaza Strip. The only thing that Israel does is prevent transportation from Israel to the Gaza Strip. And the only reason they do that is because Hamas controls the Gaza Strip and has been using those transportation borders as a way to attack Israelis. And this is insanity. And the Democratic Party, not a word, nothing, nothing. What they will do is they will point to the the, the far left Jews who have no association with Judaism other than to use it as a cover for their own, anti-Israel, their own anti-Israel activity and willingness to cover for anti-Semitism. This would include supposed Rabbi Jill Jacobs, who's a rabbi, like I'm, a basket, like, like I'm an NBA player. She's a rabbi, like Bernie Sanders is a capitalist. Rabbi Jill Jacobs, who knows less about Judaism than the average dog owned by a Jew. Rabbi Jill Jacobs says, came out of, that's not comparing her to a dog, that's comparing her level of knowledge to that of a, of a non-sentient being. Rabbi Jill Jacobs writes, came out of Shabbat to more news of needless loss of life, praying for the families of the Israelis and the Palestinians killed today and for political leadership with the courage to seek political, not military solutions. Oh yeah, so it's really about Israel's leadership. I see, I see. So making excuses there. Thank you, Jill Jacobs. She's the head of a a terrible group called Trua. And then there's another one called If Not Now, which is again, a radical anti-Israel group. And they make justification for Hamas firing rockets at civilian areas saying, we cannot look at this in isolation. This latest flare-up is the result of years of deliberate Israeli political decisions to keep Gaza on the brink of a humanitarian crisis. Really, is it that? Or is it that Israel has been paying all the bills in Gaza? Who do you think pays for the electricity? Who do you think makes sure the water keeps on flowing? It ain't Hamas. The only reason that Hamas continues to function in the Gaza Strip is because Israel is afraid that if they knock out Hamas, there will be no one to pick up the garbage. If not now, says the indifference of Israelis, Americans, Jews and non-Jews alike to this is appalling. You know it's appalling? The fact that you're making an excuse for a terrorist group. But of course, if not now, is doing that. There's a shocker. There's a shocker. You want to know, by the way, about the left's willingness to overlook anti-Semitism based on the identity of the anti-Semites? All you have to know is this video. So there's a, a video of children. This is, this is not in the Gaza Strip. This is not in Judea and Samaria. This is not in Turkey or Saudi Arabia or Egypt. This is in Philadelphia. There's a tape of kids in Philadelphia. And this tape of kids in Philadelphia chanting in Arabic about taking back Al-Aqsa. This would be the Temple Mount, the, histori- the holiest spot in Judaism. By, by the way, Israel has given up control of the, of the Temple Mount effectively to the Islamic Waqf, which is why if you're a Jew, you can't go up there and say a and say a pithle of Te- Tehillim. You can't actually go up there and say a psalm. If you say a psalm on the Temple Mount, you could get arrested. If you're a Jew, if you're a Muslim, you just go to mosque there. In any case. Here are a bunch of Muslim kids in the United States, funded by the Muslim, Muslim American Society. And these kids are chanting, rebels, 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 chop off their heads. In Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, in the United States. Glorious steeds call us and lead us on to pass, leading to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. We will defend the land of divine guidance with our bodies.
1: We will chop off their heads.
0: We will liberate the sorrowful and exalted Al-Aqsa Mosque. We will lead the army of Allah, fulfilling his promise. And we will subject them to eternal torture. These are kids in Philadelphia funded by the Muslim American Society. Muslim American Society said, we'll look into it, but we're embarrassed this got out. Yeah, I'm sure you're embarrassed this got out. So, question. Didn't we have months, literally months of coverage of the Covington Catholic kids for standing there? wearing MAGA hats, months of coverage. And that was a Catholic school, right? Because Catholics are bad, we have heard from the mainstream media. This is a Muslim school. Have you heard about this anywhere? Was it on CNN? Was it on MSNBC? Did anyone cover it? Were there any questions asked about how the Muslim American society funded this particular school or what they're doing to prevent this sort of indoctrination? Was there any question about, you know, maybe looking into some of the other schools funded by the Muslim American society to see what else they are teaching? which textbooks they're using, if they're funded by Wahhabists who are pushing a certain agenda. No, of course, we're not allowed to ask those questions. If we do, that's Islamophobia. We'll just ignore this. We'll pretend it doesn't exist. If you ignore anti-Semitism being preached to eight-year-olds, those kids are maybe six, maybe seven, maybe eight years old in this video, in the United States, you don't care about that because the only sort of anti-Semitism you care about is the white supremacists, then you don't care about anti-Semitism. What you really care about is using anti-Semitism as a political tool to attack your political opponents. In which case, I have no interest in your opinions about anti-Semitism or frankly about anything else because this is not just a question of Jew hatred. It's a question of basic morality. If you, can, if you can't condemn one type of anti-Semitism because you're too politically invested in the outcome, then you're a bad person. You have a moral shortcoming. You'll get to more of this in just a second. I'll show you how the left is, is schluffing off anti-Semitism depending on the source. First, Mother's Day is coming up. There's absolutely nothing most of us wouldn't do to make sure the special moms in our life are happy. Sherry's Berry has special Mother's Day berries designed just for mom. They're topped with chocolate chips, pink shimmer sugar, and swizzles. You choose your delivery date to ensure mom gets your gift of Sherry's Berries exactly when you want her to. Your satisfaction? It's always guaranteed. Sherry's Berries, let me just tell you. The chocolates for Sherry's Berries, the caramels, they everything. They have a lot of kosher products, so I have a lot of these things. Oh my goodness. And their products are just delicious. If you are looking forward to the best sweets you can possibly buy, you need to visit berries.com today to order those freshly dipped strawberries starting at 19.99 for the moms in your life to make mom really happy. You can double the berries for just 10 bucks more. Mother's Day is Sunday, May 12th, so visit berries.com. That's b-e-r-r-i-e-s.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner. Enter my code BenShow. That's berries.com. Click on the microphone. Code Ben Show. Go check it out right now. Berries.com. I can tell you, when I get cherries berries and I bring it home, my wife is super happy. I promise you, the mom in your life will be too. That's berries.com. Click on that microphone, code Ben Show. Okay, in just a second, I'm going to show you how there are people who are willing to politically overlook anti-Semitism so long as it is convenient for them to do so. First, you're gonna have to go over to dailywire.com. Go to dailywire.com for $9.99 a month. You get a subscription to this, to the to Daily Wire. You get the rest of the show live, you get the rest of Andrew Klavan's show live, Matt Walsh's show live, Michael Moles's show live. You also get two additional hours of my show every day. And we have fantastic guests last week, Secretary Pompeo, Senator Ted Cruz. We have we have people from Israel who are going to be stopping by a little bit later today to give you the, the lowdown on what exactly is going on there. We have all sorts of good stuff happening later every day. Every, we basically do two shows a day for you. But you can only get that on demand when you're a Daily Wire subscriber. For 99 bucks a year, you also get this, the greatest in all beverage vessels, the leftist here's Hot or Cold Tumbler look upon it. It's incredible. You will love it. So go get that right now. And also make sure you subscribe to YouTube and iTunes so you can get our Sunday special when you're a subscriber and you also get that on Saturday. So this week you could have seen my interview with Nikki Haley on Saturday as opposed to on Sunday. Even so, check out YouTube and iTunes. We were last month the second most listened to podcast of all podcasts in the United States. Help us make a number one this month. Go check us out at YouTube or iTunes. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. <laughs> So as I say, there is there is a tendency on the part of many on the left to pretend that what is happening in Israel is not actually happening in Israel, that anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism, that wanting to destroy the state of Israel and kill every civilian inside it, that really, it's not Jew hatred. It's just a, it's just a political difference, really. It's just a political difference that people are having. And if anti-Semitism comes from the left side of the aisle, it's not anti-Semitism at all. It's just political differences within Netanyahu government. Weird, because... I saw the same sort of coverage when it was Ehud Olmert, who's on the left, when it was Ehud Barak, who's on the left. Amazing, weirdly consistent. But as I say, there are folks on the left who are more than willing to overlook anti-Semitism so long as that anti-Semitism is coming from radical Islamists, because in the intersectional worldview of the left, Muslims are more victimized than Jews, and Jews are more successful than Muslims, and therefore Jews must have victimized Muslims, and therefore anti-Semitism directed from at Jews by Muslims by radical Islamists. That sort of anti-Semitism is justified on intersectional grounds. And then you've got people on the left who say, well, you know, if we're anti-Israel and we decide to print something openly anti-Semitic, you're going to have to forgive us. I mean, it's easy to get mixed up. Here's Irene Carmen, who's a CNN contributor, explaining on CNN's reliable sources that we're all paying too much attention to the New York Times' cartoon. You know that openly anti-Semitic cartoon that they printed a couple of weeks ago that had the face of Benjamin Netanyahu on a dog and a Jewish star collar around his neck? leading a blind Donald Trump wearing a yarmulke, a fat blind Donald Trump wearing a yarmulke. She says, why are we paying attention to that sort of stuff? Now, I know, I'm sure Irene Karman would say exactly the same thing had it been a cartoon about, say, a Muslim leader leading President Trump around the neck. I'm, I'm sure it would have been the exact same thing, using every Muslim stereotype in the book. I'm sure that that would have been fine with Irene Karman. Here she is explaining that we're all paying too much attention to the New York Times' anti-Semitic cartoon. I am an Israeli citizen. I was born in Israel. I'm from fourth generation of Zionists in my family. I thought that the cartoon was offensive, but I also thought that the attention paid to it was disproportionate. Beyond folks like us reporting on what happened, which is important, I also saw it kind of being cynically exploited to change the subject from the fact that, for example, Just over a week ago, somebody took up arms and entered a synagogue in California and killed somebody. I know that a lot of people seized on this who already have an agenda because they want to discredit the New York Times, and I think the New York Times responded adequately, and we need to see this in proportion. Okay, so notice how what she's doing there is directing away from the New York Times and back toward the white supremacist shooting in the Poway. Why can't both be true? Why can't anti-Semitism from the New York Times be bad, and also white supremacist anti-Semitism is bad? Why are people having a tough time with this? This is not particularly tough. Now in a second, I want to show you a couple, I want to play for you a couple of pieces of audio that demonstrate the moral difference between one side and the other in what is happening in Israel and the endemic anti-Semitism that that is happening inside the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And yet again, the media pretending, many in the media pretending that there is a moral equivalence. Okay. So I just, the, the, to, to ignore the moral component of what is happening in Israel right now is to blind yourself to reality. Dennis Prager, my friend, uses a, a quick thought experiment to illustrate the difference between the Israelis and the Palestinian leadership. And and by the way, many of the Palestinian folks who voted for Hamas, right? they, they haven't had a vote in the Gaza Strip since 2006. But when they were allowed to vote, they voted for Hamas. And before that, they voted for the Palestinian Authority. Now, I, I would hope that the Palestinians would, would now elect, seek to elect a government that was willing to make some sort of deal so all of this can come to the end. Do you think that the Israelis desperately want all of their kids to be drafted into the army, serve four years under danger of death in military uniform? Do you think that's really what they want to do? Golda Meir said this a long time ago. There will only be peace when the Palestinians love their children more than they hate ours. This is effectively correct. Well, it's, it's pretty amazing if you want to see the difference between the two sides. So yesterday, a million people hiding in bomb shelters, the vast majority of them Jews, in a Jewish state, which by the way is amazing. Isn't that an amazing statement? It used to be that Jews were grouped into ghettos. Now, Jews in their own state are being told that they have to go underground to simply preserve their lives. But this is Jews. I mean, it's, frankly, this is reminiscent of, of many scenes from Jewish history in which Jews were trying to derive hope from some pretty hopeless and terrible circumstances. Jews driven underground in a bomb shelter. A rabbi found a couple that was supposed to be married that day. And so he just performed the wedding in, under a chuppah inside the bomb shelter. Okay, so that's what was happening in Israel. Here is what was happening in, uh, in the Gaza Strip. So as these rockets were falling, as the rockets were falling, here is what Palestinians, many Palestinians, were doing inside the Gaza Strip. Chanting, shouting, cheering. Very excited. Shh very excited as the rockets are fired. They're cheering as the rockets are fired into Israel. How many Israelis were out there cheering as Israel was firing rockets at terrorists? None. You can't find any video of it anywhere. Why? Because it doesn't exist. Israelis are upset that they have to be involved in this war. Many Palestinians are overjoyed that Jews are in danger of death in civilian areas. That is just a reality of the situation. As I mentioned, Dennis Prager. So Dennis Prager's thought experiment is this. If the Jews put down all their guns tomorrow, what would happen? We all know the answer. If the Jews put down all their guns, if they disarm tomorrow, there would be no more Israel. The Jews would simply be destroyed. Okay, the, the Palestinians, their allies, would walk right in and kill everyone. How do we know this? Because the, because the Arab countries surrounding Israel tried to do it in 1948. They tried to do it in 1956. They tried to do it in 1967. They tried to do it in 1973. They tried to do it in 1981, 1982, during the Lebanon War. They've tried to do it during the Gaza War. They've tried to... This, this is not a thought experience. This is just a reality. And if the Palestinians were to put down their guns tomorrow and make peace, the next day there would be a Palestinian state. The next day. This is not... The fact that people try to draw moral equivalences is simply a sign of of moral ignorance at best and moral evil at worst. There's a video that I didn't end up showing. I referenced it on Yom HaShoah. So last week was Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Remembrance Day. And in order to understand what Israel is, I think you have to understand two videos. So number one, you have to understand the video that we showed and played a little bit earlier on in the program of the woman from the Netherlands who moved with her family from the Netherlands to Israel specifically because Europe is becoming unlivable for Jews. And so Israel has become a safe haven for many Jews who are seeking a safe place to live. The second video you have to see is this one. So this video is from Yom HaShos. This is Holocaust Remembrance Day. And there's an El Al plane. El Al is the Israeli national airline. And the El Al plane was flying over Germany, over Berlin. The pilot got up and announced to the plane in Hebrew that a year before he'd done this, he said that on Yom Hashoah he tells the plane his story. His story is that all of his grandparents, all four grandparents were slaughtered in the concentration camps by the Germans. And he said, and if my grandparents could be alive today to see a plane with a Jewish star flying over Berlin, then the, then I can't imagine what they would think. And then he begins to sing. And the song that he is singing is a very famous Hebrew song. Uh, The translation is the world is a very narrow bridge. And the important thing is to not be afraid. And here is what, and the entire plane begins singing. This is what that sounds like. the entire plane singing because am Israel Chai. Okay. The Jews are going to live through this. They will. And it doesn't matter if you're an anti-Semite. It doesn't matter if you're going to make excuses for anti-Semites. It doesn't, the Jews will continue to live because the Jews have always continued to live. The question is not about the Jews. The question is about you. And this is whether you are Jew or not Jew, it doesn't matter. The question is what sort of Jew hatred are you willing to stand for? What sort of moral evil are you willing to stand for in order to protect your own political hide and protect your own political side? And I don't care whether you're Jew or whether you're non-Jew in this question. I mean, the fact is that U.S. Jews are significantly more likely than U.S. Christians to say that President Trump, for example, favors the Israelis too much. This has nothing to do with any sort of ethnic attachment here. If you're a moral human being, this is a moral conflict. And if you are willing to overlook anti-Semitism among one group because you're afraid that if you don't, that you will alienate your intersectional base as the Democrats apparently are. If you're willing to do that, And you deserve whatever moral shellacking you take. It's it's deeply disturbing. Forget about as a Jew, as an American, as an American, it is deeply disturbing to watch many members of the public on all sides of the political aisle say that certain types of hatred are okay based on the person doing the hating. And I I will say that it is far more mainstream on the left than on the right these days. And it's, you think that as a conservative, This is not a politically motivated thing. I'm not saying this because I want conservatives to win. I'm saying this because I want decency to win. I want decency to win. And if you can't condemn, if you can't have one Democratic presidential candidate come forward and say a thing about Hamas, the only Democrat I've seen who said a thing is Kristen Sinema, the moderate senator from Arizona. She's the only one. Not a single other Democrat has said anything about this. Well, then when, when Jews get shot in a synagogue, spare me your thoughts. We all know what you think. Because the fact is that anti-Semites all over the world have no problem lumping all Jews together. And if you are willing to grant them cover to do so based on your own political convenience, you're providing cover for anti-Semites. It's as simple as that. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today. So this was pretty hilarious, actually. So there so there was a Democratic Senatorial campaign committee tweet they put out there. It was a poll, and the poll was a was a poll on whether you would like to see more justices like justice Kavanaugh or more like justice Ginsburg. And here's the problem with Twitter guys, you do this and you're going to get trolled. They got trolled so hard. 71% said justice Kavanaugh. And the Senate Democrats had to pull down the tweet, which is in and of itself pretty hilarious. Okay, other things that I like today. I have to admit that Bernie Sanders trying to suggest that he can't explain his view of socialism is pretty hilarious. So Bernie Sanders was asked about his view of socialism, and he said he can't describe it. He was asked by Jonathan Karl at ABC. He said, I can't describe it. It's too complex for me to describe very quickly. Really? Because I can do free markets in like a sentence. Every human being is in control of their labor. Boom. Done. Wow. That was hard. Here's Bernie Sanders not being able to sum up socialism. Trump seems to want to run against you, and certainly he wants to run, and Republicans want to run against socialism. Okay, um, is, it, is it time for you to disavow that, that label? The problem is, and on a television interview, it's hard for me to describe in depth what we mean by that. When Social Security was created, what did the Republicans call it? It's called socialism. Anytime you do things for the people and you stand up uh, to the uh, wealthy and powerful, you'll be labeled this, that, and the other thing. All but, but, of the but this issues. label you embrace. Yeah, but all of the issues that we are talking about, these are ideas that in one form or another are in fact supported by the American people. Okay, so this is, this is him again trying to run away from the consequences of his own philosophy. The, the truth is that Bernie Sanders still has not condemned what is going on really in Venezuela. He's been effectively silent about all of that. So it, it is odd. If you're a socialist and you like Norway, why are you having trouble condemning Venezuela? Why? Seems kind of weird, Right. OK, but I think a lot of this is I think a lot of the, uh, the truth is coming out. Here's a video of protesters at the Venezuelan embassy. They were protesting against people who were upset with Nicolas Maduro, the evil socialist dictator of Venezuela. They protested by blasting a Paul Robeson version of the Soviet national anthem through the speakers. I think it's pretty obvious where a lot of these folks stand. They're inside the, the embassy and blasting out audio of the Soviet national anthem. Well, at least the masks are coming off. At least the masks are coming off. OK, time for a couple of things that I hate. So the thing that I hate, number one. So Cory Booker, who is a desperate political candidate trying to gain attention, he is he's channeling Joe Biden when he says this. There's this tendency on the left to equate paying high taxes with being more patriotic, which really does raise the question, if you want to be more patriotic, you guys, you can just give more money to the government like anytime you want. No one's stopping Cory Booker from doing it. Here's Cory Booker saying, don't worry, people won't mind paying higher taxes because they're patriotic. And I mean, that means that if you were the most patriotic, presumably you'd give all your money to the government. That would be like the super highest form of patriotism, right? That'd be amazing. Here's Cory Booker doing that routine. What do you say to somebody who says, yeah, I'm not crazy about Trump, but the economy has done so much better. And Republicans keep telling me, the Democratic nominee is going to raise my taxes, and he is talking about raising taxes. So that might hurt the economy. That might hurt my bottom line. What's the counterargument to that? Look, I think that we live in a nation with far more patriotism than people are expressing. And what I mean by that is folks want the best for their country. And they know that if your family doesn't have a great public school for your kid, if your family does not have great access to health care, then we all are suffering as a result of that and often creating greater costs. Oh, so that's it. So if you're more patriotic, you pay higher taxes. The ultimate form of patriotism is to give all your resources to the government, I would assume. So communism is the highest form of patriotism. Great. Thanks, Cory Booker. Really appreciate it. It's great when you can avoid the consequences of your own policy because Tapper asks him an efficiency question, right? He says, a lot of people worried it might sink the economy. And Booker's like, well, if they're patriotic, they shouldn't worry about that. Okay, man. If you're patriotic, give all your rights to the government. It seems like a scary way to go. And speaking of scary ways to go, Kamala Harris is now doing this routine. Everybody on the left is doing this routine where they kowtow to the silly idea that the Georgia gubernatorial race was actually won by Stacey Abrams. We've seen Hillary Clinton do this. Now we've seen Kamala Harris do this. Here she is saying that voter fraud is behind every election. It's, it's so funny. The Democrats were correct in 2016, where they said that if Donald Trump didn't accept the results of the election, it would be dangerous for the country. I said, that's true. That's true. If we all believe that, that our elections are rigged, it's going to be very difficult for us to live in a democratic republic. And yet Democrats are doing this every single day on the campaign trail and doing it along racial lines, suggesting that black people are being dispossessed at the polls, which by percentage is not true at all. Black people were wildly overrepresented at the polls in both 2008 and 2012, and they've been evenly represented by percentage of the population, at least since 2008. But here's Kamala Harris promoting that lie. Let's say this loud and clear. Without voter suppression... Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. A lie, that is a lie. Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida. That is a lie as well. So basically we've never lost an election according to Kamala Harris. Democrats have won every election and yet we hear about how dangerous it is. Donald Trump's a dangerous man. This is a very, very bad development for the Republic and Democrats are engaging in it. So spare me your sanctimony about President Trump breaking our systems of government, when you're suggesting that every election you lost was unjustly lost. Hillary Clinton won. Andrew Gillum won. Stacey Abrams won. I'm sure you care deeply about the institutions of democracy. All right. We'll be back here later today with two additional hours of The Ben Shapiro Show. So we will see you then. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Caromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2019. I'm Michael Knowles, host of The Michael Knowles Show. Freshman Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and Ilan Omar prove the age-old maxim, at bottom, all political problems our theological problems. We will examine the politics of religion, the religion of politics from Palestinian rockets to Pennsylvania mosques and gospel hymns for the Green New Deal. Check it out at dailywire.com. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free